G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You know, I guess we can all reflect on growing up and there was always someone and sometimes it might have been us who's been accused of perhaps not being the sharpest tool in the shed or the idea that you're dumb or you'll never amount to anything. Well, I wonder how you might address that if it was you. If you've spent your life with people telling you you're dumb, you'll never amount to anything, how do you break the back of that? How do you change direction? How do you get a new lease on life? Well, let's talk today about the dumb lie. And our special guest, Peter Funke, who founded Liberty Counseling and Training with a view to helping people achieve their potential and impact their communities. Peter spent time not only as a school principal, but also in policing, working in forensics. These days, he's a counsellor and counsellor trainer. He's based in Harvey Bay in Queensland and joining us once again. Hello, Peter. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Peter, this one's special for you, this idea that people believe the lie that they are dumb. Uh, Has this got some sort of personal story behind it? (laughs) Interesting that you say that. Uh, My mother always told me I was no good at maths because for her to be good at maths, you had to be able to do maths in your head, and I couldn't, and I believed that I was no good at maths. Therefore, I never really tried and I failed things at maths, which reinforced my belief that, hey, I am no good at maths. My mother was right after all. And it really wasn't until I went to university and actually discovered that uh, what I was lacking were different insights and truths to help me. And I wasn't dumb at all. And I think the counselling model that I use, instead of looking at the behaviours, if you think of an iceberg, the tip of the iceberg are the behaviours. Now, I spent a number of years teaching, and often we would get sidetracked by looking at the behaviour that the kid is exhibiting. What scores are getting in they getting in the tests? Uh, how are they doing? But I've since discovered um, that behaviour comes from self-talk and self-talk comes from the belief and Dave Riddell has got a beautiful saying that says the chief thief is the belief beneath and often the biggest obstacle to learning any new skill or taking on a new situation even is the belief that we have about ourselves and if my belief is dumb now how did I pick that up well uh We don't grow up in a vacuum. What's happened in my family of origin? What were the messages that I received from my parents? Oh, you know, you're dumb, son. Uh, I was dumb and, you know, dad was dumb and we're going to be third generation settling or (laughs) whatever the message is. If I then take that on board and believe a dumb lie, and I'm not even consciously going to believe it a lot of the time, it's just sitting there in the background then it affects my self-talk. And so 
Along comes an opportunity. The opportunity might be a business opportunity. It might be to do some study and further myself. It might be to learn something new. In kicks this dumb lie, kicking off a self-talk that says, hey, you're too dumb to do that. There's, there's no point even trying. Other people are going to get it quicker than you. You're going to look stupid. You're going to be embarrassed. And so as a result, you either don't try uh, or have a half-hearted go at it and fail and prove yourself right. So in some ways, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So these things, we hear them as children, and we might like to think in our maturity that we'd grow out of that. But without a little bit of help here, we're probably going to be stuck with it. And as you say, when opportunities come, you know, opportunity knocks, all of a sudden the self-doubt and all of those lies that we've been told from the past that you'll never be good enough, you'll never make it, you're dumb, uh, that those things are going to be, as you say, self-fulfilling prophecies. And uh, you've got to be able to break the back of that somehow. When someone comes to you and, you know, you can recognise that from their background, where do you start to, to begin to turn that around? I love uh, Jesus' words where he said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So misbelief therapy looks at the misbeliefs that I am believing, and one of them is I am dumb. And so what you do is that very quickly gets identified, and you give what I call truth coaches. And the truth coaches are sentences or sayings that are an antidote to that wrong belief. Now, they could be things like, um, I'm only as dumb as I believe. The fact is that it's the belief that's the determining factor, not the degree of intelligence I was born with. Um, it could be uh, another one. Uh, I won't allow others to determine who I am or what I can accomplish any longer. I will determine that myself now. It could be uh, how quickly they get it doesn't matter. So as we replace this belief with uh, truths, things like the only dumb question is the one that I don't ask, then we're more likely to ask, we're more likely to get help, we have more success, which then feeds us back into the thing that um, the truth of, well, first comes persistence and then comes success. Everybody who's learning something new can't do it to start with. So in my counselling practice, what I'm doing is identifying those dumb lies and replacing it with truth. And one of my favourite sayings is, failure isn't fatal. It's just feedback on some beliefs or techniques that I had that needed improving. Peter, is it the case that as a Christian believer in this particular area, we have a huge, huge advantage in that we can believe what others have said about us, and that affects us to believe those things about ourselves. But when we're Christian believers, when we're connected with a local church and a discipleship that comes from the local church community, that there is somehow or other we're introduced into what God says about us. And then as we're involved in devotions and we learn to explore the Bible, we start to appreciate that God has a different value set that he applies to us, which paints us as overcomers and not victims, uh, paints us above, not beneath. There's a different sort of values that God applies to the individual. Absolutely. Very empowering verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
doesn't mean that I can breathe underwater. That's just stupidity. But as I seek help, as I step out with the self-image as to how God sees me, that I am uh, an overcomer and that he will be there, we should uh, have a great advantage as Christians. What I tend to find uh, in reality, though, is that the lies are very powerful and we wrestle not against flesh and blood but dark forces in heavenly places. And one of Satan's chief tools to stop me reaching my potential is to get me to believe that I don't have a potential or that it is much, much smaller. And that little lie sitting in the background that I am dumb, planted by the enemy, may need some external help, like uh, a small group, like pastoral teaching, like counselling, like working with an accountability partner, to say, hey, look, how are you going with this? How are you going uh, with this stuff here? So you failed. What did you learn from it? Get up, keep going. And Peter, personal experience again, you've taught whole classes of kids uh, who have had this sort of lie being told to them. They thought they would not end up being anything special, doing anything worthwhile. They believed that lie, and you've seen some tremendous turnarounds over the years. I have, uh, and that I think is what really let me in on the power of it. Once I got onto this beating the dumb lie, I would actually stop teaching the subject uh, for a week or two and actually start teaching about self-belief and self-limiting beliefs. And I was teaching a subject called technology studies, which was quite a complex, high OP subject up there with maths and physics. But the trouble was, I tend to end up with the uh, manual arts kind of kids that took the subject because they couldn't do anything else. So here you are, I remember one class I only had two kids that were actually eligible to get an OP and all the rest are getting D's and E's and here they are taking a subject that's equivalent to uh, you know, chemistry and physics. So what I did initially was handed them out about 40 dumb lies and got them to identify, well, which one of these um, do you relate to? And the number was just amazing. And then as we replaced them uh, with proof, And this took a week or two, and the other teachers would say, hey, look, you're getting behind, and I'd go, yeah, that's okay, but I I think this is important. Those kids ended up uh, all passing, and some of them even got, you know, Bs and and As in the subject just because they were able to reframe and see themselves uh, through a different set of eyes, which then affected their self-talk. And as a result, their actions, which was studying, putting in the effort, asking for help, helping uh, each other, you know, doing the homework, etc., flowed on naturally as a result. Let's talk self-talk for a moment. I know that some Christian believers have trouble with self-talk if it's disconnected from Scripture, if it's disconnected from the truth that God brings. And no doubt you'll uh, say that uh, you know that what God says is much more substantial than what we might say ourselves. But if we're talking self-talk at home, at work, career, uh, church life, uh, what do you say to people uh, you should change about the way you talk? Yeah, it's interesting that our self-talk flows from our belief. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So if I want to have more faith, if faith is seeing things from God's eyes and acting on that reality, and it comes from the Word of God, well, when I hear what God says about me, 
that then becomes my self-talk. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a son or daughter of God. I'm adopted into his kingdom uh, for God so loved me, etc. It's not just some kind of uh, positive, warm and fuzzy affirmation. This is the truth. And the truth does set us free by then changing that self-talk from uh, this is hopeless, this is useless, I'm, I'm dumb, I'm ugly, I can't do this. When we replace that with how God sees us, very powerful. Well, we'll often encourage people to read the Bible every day or to have a devotional time or to pray or to be a part of a local church for young people to join a youth group and to make sure your kids are involved in some sort of Christian church activity on a Sunday or through the week. And what that means, Peter, and this is where we were talking a little earlier about the advantage of being a Christian, is that the sort of self-talk that will happen will be shaped by the things of God, and that's going to be a huge advantage for us. Peter, I want to point people to your website. I know your counselling practice is busy, but I know that you counsel people all over the nation on Skype or on FaceTime. A lot of what you do is online, so giving listeners an opportunity to be in contact. The website is libertycounselingandtraining.com. libertycounselingandtraining.com. Peter Funke founded Liberty Counseling and Training. Peter, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 